0: You're listening to the Baby Dust Fertility Podcast, and I'm your host, Hannah Bowers. Now, on to the show. Welcome back to the Baby Dust Fertility Podcast. I hope you've had a great start to your week. You know... I I always feel like I have to preface that we record these interviews a little ways out. So whenever you hear me talking about my life, the weather, because, you know, I love being outside. So the weather is a big topic for me. (laughs) I always just want to bear in mind that it's been it's been a few weeks since we recorded this, but I woke up this morning feeling like it was fall weather. And so I hope wherever you're at, you're enjoying that sense of fall. You got your hoodies out. You got your your hat uh, you know, it, it's just that time of year, and uh, I think it's exciting and wonderful and such a, a great uh, invitation to slow down and enjoy just the change of seasons. But as always, it's Monday morning, and it's so exciting to, for me to, to share with you the next interview that we have. Um, and today, I'm thrilled. The guest that we have for you is someone that I have been aware of through Instagram, of course, for quite some time. And... Re- not long ago, I listened to her share on a, a special temp drop webinar and thought immediately that she was a guest I wanted to bring on this show to introduce to you. Um, she has just a depth of wisdom that I know you're going to love. So Dr. Omatma, thank you for just taking some time in your busy
1: schedule to sit down and chat with me today. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here and talk all things fertility. Well, I am
0: so looking forward to just chatting about this topic with you. But before we get to that, you know, one of the first things I love to ask is how did you arrive in this work of fertility? Was this your goal, you know, going into your your doctor's program? Was it something that you came (laughs) to unexpectedly? I'd love to hear all about it. Yeah,
1: yeah, actually, it's kind of funny because I went into medical school just kind of not necessarily like passionate about women's health, and then sitting through like our hormone classes and being like, "Ah, this is so complicated, <laughs> I hate this stuff. Just get me out of here, you know, like i I just want it out and And then, of course, the thing that I resist in my life the most will often follow me around until I actually like recognize that (laughs) it's part of a calling so sure enough I ended up married to this man who wanted to have children and every time he talked about kids my uterus would be like no and um like literally just want to run the other direction So I was like, "Oh crap, what's that about?" And everything that I remember from medical school is that our fertility is going to drop off of a cliff. So if I don't want to have children with him, then what am I doing, and what's going to happen? So I kind of I got first I felt like the the gist of it was like, okay, I have to get really clear on whether or not I want to have children. Is that the the thing that my uterus is screaming about. And I got a, at the end of that, I was like, yeah, I'm pretty clear. I want to have a child, at least a child. I don't know how many, but one. And and then I was very clear that it wasn't with this man. So then I was like, oh, shoot, what does that mean about the timeline? Because my ovaries are going to shrivel up and die. <laughs> it's literally what I remembered from medical school. So I went on a kind of a rampant rabbit hole of what does the research say? What can I do? How do I support my fertility? I came upon like egg freezing was really, really new at the time. And I was like digging into those papers. And I was like, well, I don't have the money to freeze my eggs. So what else can I do? And really like the the awe at which I was like, wow, like so much misinformation and a lot of it is not supported in the data. And when I started asking different questions, I really came out with like, oh, there's so much we can do. And fertility is not connected to our age. It, Yes, there's a slow and steady decline, but it's not all about the age of our biology. It's literally like, what are your ovaries? What age do your ovaries think you are? And what what are your hormones? And what were you born with? And what are your genetics? Like so many things that kind of opened up for me this this like breath of wait if all of these things are true then what's actually true for me and that's what i got excited about because i love answering The tough questions, right? So Mm -hmm. that was really like what got me excited about fertility and relearning all of the hormones and understanding them in a a different way. Um, And now I love to like explain those hormones to people that are like, you know, just kind of getting into fertility or on their fertility journey and are like, I don't understand. How come I didn't learn anything in school about what's happening with my body? And, and it's, it, so yeah, like I, I have found it a passion of mine to really explain fertility and hormones and the female cycle in an easier way that makes it a little bit, um, simpler to understand and not be so complicated and complex and overwhelming all at the same time.
0: Mm,
1: that's so, amazing.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I have the luxury right now of looking at you through my, my camera. <laughs> We're on Zoom and I can see the excitement and the passion in your eyes as you talk about that, which I think is just amazing. Um, it's clearly a passion and a calling for you, which I think sets this work so apart. And I love that.
1: yeah definitely (laughs) it is
0: well one thing that you talked about in this the temp drop call which was you know I I can just attest to your excellence at communicating hormones because that webinar was it was fantastic I so enjoyed it but you talked about this concept of restorative fertility Mm -hmm. and I wondered if we could dive into that a little bit today if you if you explain to our listeners what that is and then we'll see where the conversation goes from
1: there absolutely so restorative fertility to me is is the idea that nothing is wrong right like our body is not doing something it's designed to do, but most of the time, there isn't a tangible thing that's wrong with our bodies. It's more that things have shifted in a way that is anti-fertility. And to me, like restoring that is like restoring what our body is really designed for um, and, and that we can. Like, we can restore this. It's not a forever thing. It's not a final decision that you're infertile, quote unquote. But really that we have the ability to get our bodies to a point where In our practice, we call it the optimal fertile state. It's really that state where the body says, of course, I want to have a child. Of course, I'm going to do this. Um, And and that we can get there through a process. So the restorative fertility process for us is really a four-step thing. Reveal, remove, rebalance, and receive. And it touches on, or the the process is the same for everyone. Of course, there's like so many things that you have to customize along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but re- reveal is all about what's happening under the surface. It's not enough for me to know, hey, someone is quote unquote infertile, or even if we wanted to reframe that to subfertile. fertile. Um, it's that's just the tip of the iceberg that's a symptom that's telling me hey something else is going on that the body has decided it needs to shut down unnecessary things like fertility in order to prioritize something more important and pressing um so we need to figure out what it is that's calling the attention of the body and how do we shift the focus back from like hey let's address whatever that thing is so that the body can shift its focus back to um, reproduction. So that's the reveal. Remove is getting rid of all of the stuff in the way. This can be toxins in our environment. It can be stuff that we've accumulated in our body. It can be stuff that's just not really good for fertility, like alcohol and marijuana. It, It can be a whole host of things that just are... Um, I call them the anti-fertility things that mm. are in or around us that are a block to conception. And then rebalance is really where we get into the the nitty gritty. It's kind of like, okay, we've figured out all of these things. We've cleared away the blocks. Now, how are we going to restore the balance? Um, and that could be hormones it could also be a lot more than hormones. So sometimes we're looking at hey the vaginal microbiome is out of whack or we're like oh the gut is like super inflamed that's going to make it really hard for you to get pregnant and stay pregnant. So things that are needing attention are all going to get rebalanced and then of course towards the end of that process it's egg and sperm quality. So we, we take care of all the other things. And then at the the end of that journey, we have to focus on egg and sperm health because um, that's going to be the final like kick in the butt <laughs> to make for a healthy baby. Hmm. And I, then, I, yeah, we'll go, go ahead. ahead. So, <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs>
0: I was just going to say, I like how you you started off explaining this. Like, you know, it's not that the body can't, Get to this desired state. It's that something is keeping it from getting there, which feels so much more optimistic and like, oh, we can take steps forward then, you know, a lot of times I think it feels like, oh, well, I have a diagnosis. We've been trying for so long. And then it's slipping into the 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 thought process of like, hey, maybe, maybe my body just isn't able to do you know, reproduce, get pregnant, carry, carry this child to the point where it can be born, you know? And so I love that, that it's so uplifting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the last part of this process is the receive. And that's Mm -hmm. where I think, um, some of our like mental, emotional states that are not conducive to fertility are going to play a role. And, we used to think of it as like the, t- the icing on the cake. I've stopped thinking of it that way. I'm like, we need to focus on this the whole time because as much as we uh, like are focused on like, okay, let's optimize and let's do all of these things. There are going to be challenges in every phase that challenge our mental emotional state that we say, "Oh, you're gonna change your diet," and then people start flipping out, <laughs> like, "Oh my God, you're making me do all these things! Why do I have to do this?" Um, and it it's it's normal and natural for those things to come up. So, really, like chipping away or addressing the um, concerns of the emotional side of us along the journey, and not um, not ignoring it so what we find is that most of the time if we can help people shift from fight flight survival into safety security and thrive mode then we're going to set them up for success and i love it i love to see when that when that transformation happens i am almost always like certain that they're going to get pregnant really soon after that shift. So it's really that transformation journey that people have to be willing to go on that is going to get them to the other side in mm. in in like a wholesome way.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. It, it sounds like what you just laid out isn't like a, you know, it's not one of those three steps and then boom, there you have it. It, it sounds like you're really looking at the entire body as a single cohesive being and then trying to address the 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 I think recently in a I was chatting with the guest and she used the term low-hanging fruit, which I love. Grabbing that low-hanging fruit and shifting that so that there are big, big shifts in the
1: body. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So
0: so what what is that journey like? You know, it it sounds like there's a mindset shift when when approaching fertility from this restorative perspective um what is that journey like is this something that you that you do just with the women in the relationship do you do it with both partners in a relationship um what does that look like
1: yeah it's it's for both people <laughs> and the for women specifically our bodies will support fertility or be pro-fertility when we have a sense of safety in our body. Like we can trust our body to do what it's designed to do. And when we're in modes of stress or survival or fight or flight, And I hate the word stress because like so often people are like, oh, just relax, you'll get pregnant. Um, But in reality, it's, it's like an internal experience of relax or surrender is a much better word for that. It's really like allowing all of the, the things that your body knows to do, optimizing all of them. So you've focused on it you like along the journey, you get the feedback of like, oh, that's improved. That's really good because that's helping this set of hormones or it's doing this thing. Um, when that all clicks into place, then our body gets into the, the state of optimal fertility. And it says, yeah, like, let's do this. Let's procreate because that is it's the right time it's safe enough to bring a child into the world um and then similarly on the male side I think that we are often um like men are often told oh your sperm are fine you're good. like that's all there is um but in reality like it goes so much beyond the sperm and they're they also have mental emotional things happening for guys It often shows up as, um, erectile dysfunction and their emotional stuff is around feeling pressure and feeling the, the kind of like, um, push of like, oh, I need to perform. Right. And if they're given the space to, um, to like support that in a different way, then it makes it a lot easier for them to support the journey um, and be on the same page and eventually like have the pregnancy happen.
0: Yeah, I, I love the, the combination of, you know, both him and her being part of this because I feel like sometimes uh, you know, women, it sounds, you know, I hear conversations in our group all the time. Women tend to bear the brunt of this and, uh, but, but they're not the only ones who are contributing. So right. having both involved makes such a difference. Do you see a difference for the couples who do really dig in, who do this together? Is that, if you see it great for the long-term relationship? Cause I know it's not, you know, obviously that's part of it, but, um, how has that been Uh, with your
1: clientele yeah it's transformative I feel like even within the first few weeks of working with us um couples will come back and the woman is usually like thank you so much thank you for making me like bring him on on this journey with me and the men are just like almost always like the super fans they're like the ones that are like oh my god you're changing my life like my energy is better I sleep better my sex drive is better and that's only three weeks in like what else are we gonna do here uh so they get yeah they get super excited and they're like no one no one has treated them as part partner partner, part of this journey in a significant way Um, so they're often like oh well I'm just a sperm donor right and I'm like no you're the other 50% of the equation and paying a little bit of attention to that 50% is gonna have a massive reward in how this happens how you guys feel towards each other when it finally when conception finally happens and you will have set up your relationship and your family unit for a healthier postpartum a healthier experience with a child um so a lot of times like being able to work on this as a relationship thing as like as something that we're co-creating um, it really like transforms the dynamic.
0: Mm, that's incredible. And you know, not something that you always think of when you go into optimizing, trying to get things healthy and ready for this child that you are mm-hmm. equally desiring. So that that's amazing. And I think adds so much. Um, I, I definitely can feel the disconnect that you kind of described without you're working with both together. You know, we see it a lot in our community. Things just get frustrating. It's, it's hard when you don't, you you know, sometimes you don't know what exactly is going on. And so it just creates this environment where the relationship struggles. Um, but how beautiful to go into, you know, this new journey of parenthood in, in a place of strength.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. So great. I feel like, um, there was one couple that i had this is probably 6 7 years now cuz their son is now 6 so um they came in and they had had years of fertility struggle and the the kind of like the level of resentment that they had built up towards each other because she's like, well, I want to focus on my career and I'm not ready for a child. And what do you mean? Like three children. I don't even know if I want to have one. So that was the place that she was at when she came in and he was like, I would have had three kids by now. Like, what are we waiting for? We've been married for 10 years. And so they really were like at this mismatch of energies and what ended up happening was a very long session. Like my first session with them was seven hours. Oh, wow. <laughs> we didn't leave the room for seven hours. And we just, I was like, okay, you guys are going to have to work this out because I'm not your therapist. i am We're not doing this. We're either like, you guys are both in and we're working towards this or why are we here? And... <laughs> And like, it took seven hours, I just sat there and I was like, I'm just gonna be a fly on the wall, you guys figure this out. (laughs) And they screamed at each other and cried and and there was just so much. And he was like, I just resent her like we've wasted all this time and I've been with her forever like, I could have had children already like this is what I really want want. And um, They came through all of that with, okay, we're committed to each other and we're committed to our relationship and we're committed to having a child together. Mm -hmm. And then we'll see what happens. And they've only had one child so far. So I guess they decided that one was good enough. Um, (laughs) But it's incredible because the level of healing and that seven hours wasn't the end of that healing process. It was really like, him coming to the table with like, okay, I'm willing to deal with the resentment. I will have a therapist for this, and I'm willing to like be part of this journey now. Um, so it's really beautiful to to watch and be like, wow, they like <laughs> they needed to have this figure like this part figured out to even get started on the journey to having a child.
0: Mm. how amazing And to you know just to think about that as like the this is your intro session and here we're gonna get this <laughs> kind of like we're gonna pull back the curtains so we can see what's actually here um but but i imagine that moving forward e- even though if it wasn't fully resolved that provided so much more openness yeah. which is just so so necessary
1: yeah yeah absolutely yeah mm.
0: Well, restorative fertility is, you know, it's so many layers deeper than, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, than what we normally think about when it comes to just fertility. Uh, And for anyone who is listening and they are, they want to know more, they want to know how to connect with you. What is the best place to do that?
1: Our website is Holistic Fertility Institute. There is a chat box on our website. Site if you want to chat with me, um yes that goes to my cell phone, <laughs> um so you can chat, and then um there is our Instagram is a really great place to learn and and just like get more information and things like that, so that's at holistic fertility doctor, and for anyone that wants more podcasts to listen to our podcast is egg meat sperm.
0: Awesome. Well, we'll include a link to all of those in the show notes below. I highly recommend just taking a minute and checking out all those resources. You now have another great podcast to put on your subscribe list and listen through. Um, but Dr. Omatma, thank you for taking the time to just dive into this with us and introduce this concept of going beyond just getting pregnant, but actually bringing a sense of balance and restoration to the body and to the the relationship.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me here, Hannah.
0: Well, friends, that wraps up today's show. Wherever you're listening to the podcast, just scroll down. You'll find those links along with other goodies that we try to include with every single podcast. But with that, we're going to sign off for now. Don't forget to subscribe to this show so that you don't miss the next episode. We have another one coming out real soon. So with that, bye for now i'd love to connect with you i love connecting with each and every one of you hearing your stories and just finding out what topics and resources would be the most helpful to you on the journey head over to instagram give me a follow you can find me at hannah bowers i n h c i've got all sorts of goodies over there from recipe tutorials to mindfulness exercises to little lifestyle hacks that are going to revolutionize your fertility. So definitely head over there so we can hang out. Hey friends, are you tired of taking your temperature every single morning? Well, I want to introduce you to the temp drop. The TempDrop is a wearable fertility monitor that automatically takes your basal body temperature. It's compatible with polycystic ovarian syndrome and can even be used postpartum, making this an extremely versatile device to have on hand. What's great about this monitor is that it will automatically sync with your cell phone app, making it simple to take your temperature and track it. Now you can save on the TempDrop if you head over to TempDrop.com and use the code BLISSBERRYWELLNESS.